is WNRI's Upfront. The opinions expressed represent those only of the panel and callers and do not reflect the views of WNRI and its owners. Telephone lines are now open at 7690600. And now, let's join the Upfront panel. Well, good morning, everybody, and welcome into uh, the Wednesday edition of the Upfront program. And uh, we're going to have uh, two guests on with us this morning. Uh, the mayor will be joining us, um, Mayor Lisa Baldelli-Hunt, in uh, well, maybe uh, 10 minutes or so from now. And we'll be chatting with her about her favorite topic, uh, the city of Woonsocket. And um, also, we're going to talk with uh, Stephen Pryor, Rhode Island's Commerce Secretary. He is on our live line right now. We'll check in, make sure he can hear us. How are you doing today, sir? Doing great, Roger. How are you? Good. So, um, before we begin our interview, I've got a couple of um, uh, comments uh, to make. First of all, I feel like I know you personally because during the early days of the COVID back in the uh, 2020 era, uh, I covered every day the uh, news conferences with uh, the governor and the uh, health director. And there was Stephen Pryor. <laughs> you many, yep, many, sir. many times spoke on uh, on issues. And I said, oh, yeah, I know this guy. No, he's like a household fixture. So uh, welcome to our. I appreciate it very much. And thank you for covering it. It yeah. was so important that we get the word out during the heart of the COVID crisis. So thank you, Roger. OK, uh, unexpected question uh, for you. Um, when I was getting ready to do the show and one of the guys in the studio uh, said, um, so um, what is the mayor's going to be on? I said, yeah. And I have Stephen Pryor, Commerce Secretary. He said, what does a Commerce Secretary mean? Is it, uh, is it uh, like the General Treasurer's Office? I said, no, but I think that is going to probably be, before we get into actually what uh, we're going to talk about, maybe giving our audience a quick definition from Stephen Pryor's point of view. What is the Commerce Secretary's role? I'm happy to do it. No, absolutely happy to do it, Roger. Uh, commerce uh, as a department helps businesses large and small, succeed in Rhode Island. So what does that mean? We have small business loans that we can offer to, to small businesses if they're looking to expand, acquire inventory, whatever their needs may be. Um, we also have uh, investment tools, meaning ways that we can help make a project happen. So let's say a business is trying to build some new brick and mortar. It could be a small manufacturer or a large manufacturer that's trying to create a new line of business and they want to expand their physical facility. We can invest in that. We've, we've done over 50 physical plant investments across the state over the past handful of years. Um, we can also help a company expand in terms of jobs. Uh, if they're going to add jobs in Rhode Island, we can help them out. Uh, we also coordinate, uh, under the commerce umbrella, the licensure for businesses, uh, many of the licenses under our Department of Business regulation. Um, under our umbrella, we help to operate the seaport at Quonset, the port of Davisville. We're, we're helping to expand the port economy in Proudport as well. Uh, we coordinate with our workforce development colleagues, our labor colleagues on job training. Um, so there's much more, but during the COVID crisis, you refer to the press conferences and how you tracked our progress under COVID, Roger. Uh, we uh, expanded our work under small uh, under the small business category, and we offered grants helping to channel the federal dollars for relief grants to small businesses. We cut thousands of checks. We uh, we we uh, undertook the Take It Outside program where what we do is we help small businesses get outdoors for dining and shopping, which helps to increase uh, consumer confidence. So we invested in outdoor furniture and heaters and, and lighting, and some of the restaurants you go to or shops you go to, if they're outdoors, they probably are using some of our stuff. So that's a quick summary. All right, and it's a good summary. So we're going to move away from, uh, you know, during COVID, uh, you were helping with payroll and, and uh, you just mentioned um, um, the uh, idea of helping restaurants. Uh, one of the restaurants that was on uh, Rhode Island television all the time was Kay's Restaurant right here in Woonsocket. And yeah. um, and he um, not only um, talked about payroll assistance when he was a guest here, but how uh, how Commerce was able to help with, uh, with equipment that you needed to uh, get through uh, that very tough period. So today... Yeah. 
Yes. Yeah, go ahead if you wanted to comment on that. No, that's exactly what we do. All right. Uh, so let's get to uh, the order of business here before the, the mayor steps in so that uh, we uh, can let uh, businesses know uh, what is out there. Even as late as uh, yesterday, Governor McKee was uh, talking about um, federal aid to help small businesses. And, um, and he was uh, speaking about... Uh, uh, maybe um, more restaurant assistance, um, assistance for ventilation systems, um, uh, and also a very interesting concept of maybe pivoting companies um, who are used to walk-in customers to go to e-commerce. So uh, maybe you can talk about some of the opportunities that are out there uh, to um, to assist small business. Absolutely. So uh, we're looking for more such opportunities, and that is what you're getting at under Governor McKee. We're aiming to uh, produce a down payment uh, for relief for Rhode Island businesses and, and individuals, for that matter, drawing upon the federal uh, American Rescue Plan dollars. Rhode Island has over $1.1 billion available to it for our recovery in the near term and the long term, and Governor McKee favors saving some of that money, investing some of that money, making it work for the long term for Rhode Island to make sure that we have a really durable, a really long-lasting recovery. But uh, we also need to make sure that we don't take our foot off the pedal here with our uh, immediate-term recovery. Rhode Island is doing well on the whole. Roger, we have one of the strongest recoveries in the United States right now. Moody's, the rating agency, ranks Rhode Island fourth in the country for the strength of our economic recovery coming out of COVID. Fourth out of 50. Now, having said that, um, uh, first of all, and that means that we're number one in the Northeast. Number one in the Northeast. And, and by the way, Massachusetts is ranked number 42 out of 50 and New York number 49. So being number four in the country and number one in the Northeast, it, it's impressive, especially since Rhode Island has had a not so strong track record during previous economic downturns, like the Great Recession, where we took way too long to get to get our economy back to full strength. So uh, what we're saying is we know that small businesses, there are small businesses that are still struggling, and there are families that are still struggling, and we've got to provide relief to them because they deserve it and because we need the help. We also want to make sure that we propel the economy so that we stay ahead of the region for once. So the governor's proposing a down payment package that would invest in that small business take it outside program I described to help small businesses get outdoors for dining and shopping, which will help consumers feel even better about dining and shopping. We have a ventilation program where we'll help businesses upgrade their HVAC filters and other, other ventilation features of their businesses, again, for public health and safety, but also to improve consumer confidence. We'll offer direct relief to hard-hit small businesses and uh, hard-hit industries. And uh, we also have sections of that program around child care because we know uh, the absence of child care is hurting our ability to get workers back to work. And housing, because we know that there's a major housing crunch and COVID has exacerbated that situation and we need to provide shelter to people and affordable housing to people and workforce housing for Rhode Islanders uh, really for Rhode Islanders across the income spectrum. So, Roger, that's what we're proposing. Stephen, um, back in uh, March of 2020, one of the complaints was how difficult it was to get online and process all this paperwork. Here we are, October 2021. How has uh, Rhode Island Commerce done in terms of, uh, shall we say, uh, making it a little bit easier for some of these small businesses especially to go through the paperwork? We've made great progress. A lot of the paperwork trouble was because the feds were requiring us to ask too many questions and and get too much documentation from these struggling small businesses who just don't have the time. Uh, and uh, so we were very loud advocates of loosening up some of the rules. We also learned lessons about how to just ask things in a way that what was you know the clearest and the easiest. Um, so that combination led to Governor McKee's uh, small business relief grant program where we offered flat $5,000 checks, $5,000 checks to any eligible business 
Um, and we cut thousands of checks very quickly to small businesses across our state. So bottom line is by advocating with the feds to give us some flexibility and, and offer some, a, a, a reasonable approach to these small businesses that don't have a lot of time and by uh, really uh, figuring it out by listening to small businesses, we, we know how to get it done now. We really know how to cut those checks and Governor McKee was a, a, a leading advocate of that. What we're proposing is for these various programs, take it outside, ventilation, direct relief, main street supports, facade improvements for businesses, and for the child care and housing uh, enhancements or investments. We're proposing only $100 million out of the $1.1 billion, meaning it's 10% of the fund, approximately 10%, which leaves a billion dollars for longer-term investment. That's what we're hoping for. And uh, what's the final word you want to leave with our uh, audience who um, who is who are not in business now? Businesses can contact um, the Commerce Department and begin the process, but um, how does the general public how does the general public uh, gain from this? Well, uh, let me talk about. I, I know you have Mayor Baldelli Hunt coming on. I, I'm glad you do. Yes. Um, you know how how would Socket directly benefits and Rhode Island? is um, is exemplified by Resh. Resh Incorporated is a precision sheet metal fabrication company. They were deciding between Massachusetts and Rhode Island on where to expand, where to create a production facility and their headquarters. And you know what they decided? They decided in favor of Rhode Island, and they're, they they located right in Woonsocket. They're creating uh, that fabrication company and HQ with more than 40 new jobs in Woonsocket, and Mayor Beldelli Hunt and I broke ground on that project on September 17th. Um, so we're so pleased that that's rolling forward, and that was a great partnership with Mayor Beldelli Hunt. So I want to thank her, and I want to say to the residents of Woonsocket, this is the kind of project that we can attract in Rhode Island because we've had one of the strong recoveries from the economic downturn due to COVID. We've been a state that has really observed the public health rules and has uh, taken a sound approach to the COVID crisis in terms of public health, uh, all, all of these investments and sound practices are paying off and businesses like Resh are choosing in favor of Rhode Island. So thank you, Woonsocket, and thank, your, thank you, Mayor Baldelli Hunt. Oh, she's glad to hear you mention that. And of course, that was one of our big stories about a week and a half ago. And um, I'm glad you you brought it up. It wasn't on my uh, agenda, but uh, hey, that's one of the things you do in Rhode Island Commerce. So thank you for mentioning it. Appreciate it. Thank you. My, my pleasure, Roger. Great to be with you. All right. We're going to get to uh, the mayor after a commercial break, uh, but uh, thank you for joining us and uh, thank you for outlining uh, a few of the uh, initiatives that businesses uh, can take uh, to... Uh, to get through it because guess what um I, nobody knows it better than you we're not out of the woods yet right <laughs> that's right we aren't and if businesses do need help a, a, as a result of the covid crisis please try us at 521 help 401 of course 521 help and thank you again roger really appreciate the opportunity and yeah and thank you for giving phone numbers because uh there there are some some people that just like to make a phone call instead of uh typing all those letters in on some uh you know some form online uh, i know that exactly. online is is uh, the way that most people do it but uh still rhode island commerce does offer that one-to-one -one, uh touch if uh, that's what you desire Stefan, a pleasure exactly talking with you do. Okay, take Thank care. Thank you, Roger. On our live line, Stephen Pryor, Rhode Island Commerce Secretary, Mayor Lisa Baldelli-Hunt is on our other live line as uh, she has uh, something that uh, she has to attend to that uh, keeps her uh, at um, her office in City Hall. We'll be back in a moment. A Roofmaster with 35 years experience. Avoid disaster and hire the master. Roofmaster provides customers with high-quality roofing services. Putting a roof over your head is the most important thing your home needs. Storm and wind damages are a real threat to your roof. Most important Importantly, your insurance company can help you. The Roofmaster will inspect your roof at no cost to you. Inspections are free, and we are fully insured. Then that includes residential and commercial properties. Contact the Roofmaster team today, and we will get you started. We are GAF certified. So call the Roofmaster at 401-400-7008. That's 401-400-7008. Remember, it's Roofmaster. You won't be disappointed. I guarantee it. 
Taylor Kosher, your accounting, financial planning, tax preparation, and business consulting services of Woonsocket and Warwick. 600 Cass Avenue, Woonsocket, Jefferson Boulevard, and Warwick. Call us locally at 766-8100. Remember, outside of the tax season, we do planning for business, individuals, and families. We're Kayer Kosher. We're certified public accountants. Again, our local number, 766-8100. And remember, having Kayer Kosher to consult with on your personal financial situation is like having all the right answers. Savini's open at 4 o'clock this afternoon. The go-to place for authentic Italian dining is Savini's Pomodoro Italian Kitchen and Bar. Over 20 Italian dishes made to order from our menu or experience our Sicilian-style pizza. Build your own while you choose from your veggies, meats and cheeses, and of course our traditional family-style chicken dinner is offered every day. Savini's Pomodoro on Rathbun Street with affordable accommodations for weddings, birthdays, anniversaries, and business meetings. Close Mondays open Tuesday, Wednesday, and Thursday at 4, Fridays, Saturdays, and Sundays at noon. For reservations, call 762-5114. That's 762-5114. Savini's Pomodoro Italian Kitchen and Bar, 476 Rathbun Street, Woonsocket. Eggplant. Hi, this is Gina Savini inviting you to join us at our family-owned businesses, Savini's or Ciro's, perfect for any event. Eggplant Parmesan, highly recommended. You're listening to WNRI's Upfront, a radio internet talk show. Now, let's get back to the panel. We are back to the Upfront program on this um, Wednesday morning. Mayor Lisa Baldelli-Hunt is on our live line. I know she's there because I've already checked with her, so we're going to say good morning to you. Are you doing okay? I'm doing fine. How are you doing today, Roger? I'm fine. So, uh, Commerce Secretary uh, Stephen Fryer was on our live line and uh, a few moments before we um, we spoke with you. And the last thing he brought up was uh, how Rhode Island Commerce was so proud to participate in uh, the rush uh, relocation from uh, Franklin to Woonsocket instead of another um another state and um there was a suggestion in his comments that um uh that was a very good possibility of not having them at all uh either in franklin or in woonsocket maybe we could uh, begin there uh, i don't know how much you want to tell us about the background uh since the groundbreaking's already taken and it's a fait accompli but i got the feeling that it was touch and go for a while yeah so I am actually in the elevator. So if you lose me, let let me know. Okay. okay? All right. Fine. Okay. All right. So it it was uh, many months of communication with the Langley family, uh, of course, incorporating uh, RI Commerce. It was initially about convincing them that Woonsocket was the place to be, and I think they believed that all along. But of course, everything comes down to details. And location, acquisition of land, cost to build, uh, does it work right for the, the, the owners and for the employees? And uh, if, if you heard uh, Mrs. Langley, Carol Langley, uh, her choice for many years was to be at the location that they're in right now. Uh, but, yes, it was, it, it's a lot of time, it's a lot of effort, but the reality is that's what you have to do in order to get companies like Resh or companies that are even smaller than Resh, startup companies, to come to your community. And it was a great team effort from everyone. A lot of people involved. We needed to have a, a TSA from the council. Uh, so everybody was on board, and ultimately, ultimately here we are. We have a groundbreaking uh, about a couple of weeks ago, and they're off and running. Now, Mayor, if I, want... I, wanna, I, I, yeah, would, I would like to personally thank uh, Stefan Pryor and his team. Uh, because without his team on that end bringing to the table what was necessary, uh, we would not be where we are. This actually started with Governor Raimondo, picked up uh, with Governor McKee, uh, always having RI Commerce involved in the city of Winsocket. So there's, so, so it's clear to folks, uh, it just doesn't happen. You just don't show up one day with shovels and stop breaking ground. Um, there's a lot that goes into it and a lot of dedication, and I want to thank everybody who participated in this venture. Now, I'm going to be a good boy through the program, so I'll be looking for a scoop at the end of the program, so please be thinking about that. 
No. Okay. <laughs> Let me rummage through the papers on my desk and okay. see what I can come up with. Okay. I got peanut M&Ms. Let me see. What else do uh, I have over here? All right. So now here's my next one. Uh, you call it what you want to call it. Seville, you want to call it Dorado. I don't know what, what you want to call that River Street location. But you must have been, I believe, relieved. And I do think that we're at the end of the road in terms of paperwork and getting that place uh, torn down. Uh, that uh, this project is finally uh, going to come to be. You, you are right. Uh, Seville Dye, Dorado, um, Sunnyside Avenue, these are three sites that have been um, known to have contamination, known to, to need remediation, and a lot of uh, work and funds in order to get the properties to be at a place where they can be uh, reused, repurposed, and that's what we've been working on. We've been working on that for several years, and we applied for EPA grants. Uh, we've applied for grants through DEM. Uh, we have uh, utilized um, a receiver because ultimately, in the end, uh, and I've said this repeatedly, this building needs to come down. Uh, it, it needs to come down first and foremost because of public safety reasons, uh, we cannot risk having public safety officials enter this building in the condition that it's in and potentially lose a, a life because we have a dilapidated building that has been left unattended by its owner. Uh, the, the city in the past tried to, to resolve this. Um, there's no way that the owner is coming forward and paying uh, the debt that's owed on it. So we stepped in and said, we're going to begin this process, and we're going to be doing testing. We're going to be utilizing this grant money. And it is a very in-depth process that takes place. And, of course, when you're dealing with federal funds, state funds, um, potentially municipal funds, there's a lot of tangled mess that you have to get through. But I feel... I feel that uh, this particular property was more difficult than the incinerator. And we know for years the incinerator on Cumberland Hill Road sat there and it was the poster child for blight of, of property that we own. We don't own Dorado. Dorado is 719 River Street. Seville Dye is, uh, I, I believe, comprised of three parcels on First Avenue. And Sunnyside Avenue is where the old P.J. O'Donnell site is. We are working on all of these simultaneously, knowing that it takes a very long time to get to the point where what, what my goal is, and I think the goal of many others, is to get this to a point where we can say we have a piece of land and what direction do we want to go in to, re, to utilize this land and repurpose this. All right, so uh, when do you think the first demolition gets underway? Uh, are we that far along in the paperwork? We've already gone out to bid. We've gone out to RFP. We received uh, multiple responses to the RFP. We have chosen the, the demo company. And uh, we will be leaving the brick structure that is there because if you demolish the brick structure, obviously you can't put it back. So it's always best to... Demolish what you know you want to demolish and then evaluate what is happening there. Uh, we're thinking that that particular building we may be able to utilize in some fashion. And if not, then we'll move forward and demolish it. But we don't want to be premature in demolishing that building just in case there's a, a good use for it. You can but uh, my, yeah, go ahead. I was going to say my hope is that it will be demolished in the fourth quarter of 21 or in the first quarter of 22. I was reading some of the background paperwork on the construction company and all the vendors they have to hire to uh, do the uh, the demolition, and uh, it's a very complicated project that involves not only the company you hired, but the, the companies that they have to hire to do uh, some of the other projects. Incredible. Right, right. And it, it's time that that comes down, and I'm, and I'm very pleased that we're at this point. And it's almost five acres of land, Roger. Uh, so there's a lot that we can... That particular piece of, of the three pieces that we just discussed, that particular piece, I feel anyway, has the most um, 
very choice of, of what direction you can go in. Others may be a little more limited as to what we would want to do, but I've said for a while, I think that all three parcels at least have to be considered for solar arrays. That's just a consideration. Sure. Mayor, um, American Rescue uh, Funds, uh, we were talking with Stephen Pryor a few moments ago about how they're going to be used in terms of assisting business uh, with ventilation systems and uh, with um, things like that. But um, here in Woonsocket with our own funds, now we have hired a, a director to uh, or an administrator to oversee the funds. We already know that the hydrants are going to be uh, be done. What is in the um, what's in the hopper or proposals that you want to bring to uh, the council uh, if you if you bring them to the council? What's what's next on the agenda? So what's next on the agenda is a work session that we will have on Tuesday, this coming Tuesday, and we will be bringing forward a proposal of. Uh, a proposed ARPA fund, uh, ARPA funded projects. And we will bring forward a list of items, uh, and bring those forward to the council and answer any questions they may have as to why these particular uh, projects were chosen and hopefully move forward with a vote on those, those items so we can get these things out of the HAPA and, and moving along. So some of the council members have said, well, I, I don't want to hear about things on the radio before we actually meet a, a, in a work session. Um, but is there anything uh, you can give us a clue on that wouldn't offend anybody on the council and yet let us know uh, the kind of thinking that uh, you're heading in? Hmm. So is this a trap question? No, it, it's, you it, didn't it's, want to get me in trouble. No, it's actually one to get you out. I, I'm saying I'm kind of leading <laughs> you into it and that you're not um, spilling the beans on your own. I'm, I'm, I'm just trying to be delicate about this. No, I'm not trying to trap you. Uh, Remember I said I was going to be a good boy? I know you did say that, so I didn't know if you were getting off course yet. <laughs> uh, so so, so I, I can tell you this. I, I can tell you there's a couple of things that we've talked about before. Uh, that have made it onto the list, and it's something that we, we all know will be happening, and that is the uh, purchase and installation of LED streetlights. Uh, this is something we've been working on for quite a while, and we have made great progress. Uh, Paul Luba has been the point of contact on this, uh, along with a lot of others. I mean, there's a lot of bodies that have been involved in the LED streetlights, but this is about a, a $1 million cost estimate. And then we'd be looking to receive some rebate and as as following the guidelines. If we did a project like this, Roger, and we spent we'll round things off one million dollars to replace the, the street lights with LED lights and our rebate is four hundred thousand, just using numbers. When we receive that rebate, that rebate would need to go back into the ARPA fund. So we would expend a million, hopefully get 400 back, and then we'd have that 400 to invest in something else. So these are things, these are the details of utilizing funding from ARPA. And then there are other things that uh, we touched on, uh, which was touched on at the, at the council meeting, and there was some funding that was put aside uh, this past Monday uh, to do some repairs uh, to some some sidewalks and things such as that. But, you know, quite frankly, things like sidewalks and, and street paving, these are things that it, you, you need to keep up on these things. This was like the fleet of vehicles for police fire and, and uh, highway. You know, we came in as an, an administration, and the, all three of those departments were depleted. That's tens of millions of dollars worth of uh, you know, millions of dollars, I should say, worth of vehicles that needed to be replaced. That's why we started this cyclical process of purchasing vehicles in those departments so no administration in the future ever gets hit like we did. If you continually buy vehicles and fleet for those departments, you will never be in a position we were, we were in, you know, uh, about eight years ago or so. Uh, so those are, you know, those are things that like street paving, you know, there's almost 600 streets in the city of Woonsocket. 
And fortunately, you know, we have a director of public works that's as talented as he is, there's no question about that, who brought in the street paving, only in-house street paving program in the state. If it wasn't for that in-house street paving program, we would, we would probably have only paved about 30% of the roads that we already did, which is probably nearing 70 streets so far. And there's a lot more to go. So whoever comes on board, whatever administration comes after this administration, these are things that you need to continue to do. So your taxpayers are not hitting the pocketbook in, in the out years because you need these vehicles or you need these, the street paving done. So um, LED streetlights will be on that list. And um, do I dare say one other thing or do you get me in trouble? Well, uh, I have to just let you have your conscience be your guide <laughs> whatever that means oh okay well we, we have added we have added the demo and removal of 719 river street uh because uh, we feel that this would be a good use of the money uh but there is something that i've been wanting to do uh right from the get-go and out of the gate and that is bringing in a skating rink and i've talked about that it's already been in the newspaper it's no surprise uh, but I'll be looking to go in a different direction uh, and, and a skating rink that can be utilized in a more of a year-round fashion uh, where we're not going to rely on cold weather. That's suggest an enclosure. Maybe not. <laughs> Maybe not, right? Mm -hmm. <laughs> <laughs> I, I got the feeling that that's as far as you want to go uh, so far. That's on as that. far as I'll go with that. Mm -hmm. But I, I would say we probably have about 12 items on the list that we'll be discussing on Tuesday. Okay, so that'll be a workshop session, and uh, and once uh, that's um, everybody's up to speed on everything, uh, maybe in our next interview we can get a little more into detail because there's a lot of money in that um, in that fund. I, I know you can spend if you ha if you had your way, you could spend it uh, very quickly, but there's a lot of money in that fund, and so far, a very small amount has been spoken for. So there's more to come. That's all I can say. Correct. There'll be there'll be millions in this next um, proposal. Last week we had a nice uh, chat with uh, with Mike DeBrice uh, from Solid Waste and Engineering, and uh, you know he covered the uh, event coming up. Uh, I don't know if you want to mention it in detail a little bit later, October thirtieth uh, on a Saturday, uh, at the Eco Depot. Uh, but um, but it does um, point out um, the in the broad work of uh, the uh, recycling uh, and solid waste program here in Woonsocket. But I wanted to to uh, get onto one particular topic, uh, and that is people uh, strewing things, uh, whether it be mattresses or whether it be paper bags or cigarette butts and so forth. Uh, and I know that you have a program ongoing because I see the the uh, men and women out there uh, picking up the debris and so forth, but that must be one of the frustrating parts of being mayor, trying to keep up with this stuff. Well, it, 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 Roger, it's frustrating because it's, it, it's just ignorance. That's what it is. Yes, it is. There's no, there is no reason in this day and age to be littering, to be putting things out your window, to be opening your car door and gently placing your bag with your empty wrappers in the curb, like as if I did it nicely so it's okay. It, you, you know, you see this happen um, and, and it irritates people because we actually have people who will call and say, I saw this happen, this is the license plate. Because they're infuriated with it also. And the mattresses, the furniture, we have a program available that can assist the residents of the city. So, a, a little research, a little bit of a phone call, and if everybody just refrains from throwing litter, throwing furniture, we wouldn't even we wouldn't even need to put anybody on litter control, other than for maybe on a windy day when the barrels blow over. <laughs> but we constantly have to put resources in this area, and it, it is exactly what I said. It's because of ignorance, and it's, it's at some point in your life. You just know it's wrong to do it. Whether you were taught or not taught, you should not be doing this. So 
I was actually thinking of this because I've seen some things recently and I thought, okay, how do we make certain everyone in the city understands what's available? And I did catch a portion of, of Mike DeBroyce when he was on your program. And Michael does a phenomenal job. And he explains things well. He's brought in programs. He has the support of Director D'Agostino. We have a wonderful uh, recycling facility at, that, you know, they're helpful to the customers who pull up. So we have this process in place that works. But we have people, some people, who don't want to follow it. So after hearing a portion of what Michael said, I think it's time that we put together almost almost a pamphlet explaining to everyone in the community that these are the resources we have available, these are the phone numbers to call, you know, this whether it's trash, recycle, uh, eco-depot, you know, whatever it may be, and placing these, uh, in, you know, getting these to, to the residents of the city. Because there may be people who have moved in that don't know that there's a green sticker and an orange sticker available. And they're trying to figure out, how do I get rid of this chair or this washing machine? So it, it's probably a good idea to get this in the hands of folks. And as you know, we've got, you know, in the last eight years, we have over 100 new homes that have been built in, in the city. I think we had 62 last year. So maybe the folks are not aware of this. Uh, so I think it's time to get this information in people's hands. Mr. DeBroyce is a, a great interview, and uh, he, when we ask him a question, he brings it all right down to uh, to understandable terms, and uh, so it was a pleasure having him here uh, explaining the program. I have another question for you, Mayor. Uh, it has to do with Autumn Fest. Um, you know, what happens is that uh, we... We promote Autumn Fest. We talk about the steering committee. We talk about uh, the Rotary Club doing this and that and so forth. But one of the things that I notice is that Autumn Fest doesn't happen without the city of Woonsocket because I see them, I see city people uh, getting ready for Autumn Fest on Diamond Hill Road, on Social Street, just sprucing up the city uh, so that when we have uh, visitors here, it looks good. So I thought maybe you could share with our audience the city's contribution to uh, Autumn Fest because there's not a big banner uh, at Autumn Fest that says, um, you know, uh, City of Woonsocket, but the City of Woonsocket is right in the middle of it. Roger, thank you. You're welcome. Thank you for bringing that up. We have some men and women who work extremely hard uh, for weeks preparing the city for Autumn Fest. And the Autumn Fest Steering Committee does a wonderful job. Rotary participates in, in some kind of fashion. I know they, they, they're there to raise funds for their organization, but I'm sure they also participate in other ways uh, to, to help to get everything ready and up and running. But quite frankly, without the city, there is no Autumn Fest because the work that the highway department does and the parks and rec people do is what brings the city, what brings the entire thing together. So somehow it used to be this three-legged stool that has become a two-legged stool. And I don't know if you can, you can sit on a two-legged stool. And there's a lot of things that go out. And this, I'm not, I, I am not uh, being critical of the Autumn Fest Steering Committee or the Rotary Club, but I feel that the city is, is not incorporated with those two organizations like it used to be when it comes to, yes, they're, you know, given a luncheon to thank them, but the reality is that this Autumn Fest happens because of the Autumn Fest Steering Committee the city of Woonsocket, and the Rotary Club. Without the city of Woonsocket and everything we contribute, not only from highway, but from police and fire, we have to take our resources off of basically everything else, and it's not just for three days. And then you have the wear and tear on the park, you have the manpower that are not on the streets, they're not paving, they're not doing the, the work that they do in other communities. So... This is a wonderful, uh, this is a wonderful, uh, weekend. I always hope 
because of all the hard work that goes into this, I'm always hopeful that the weather is beautiful and holds out for everyone. And, you know, congratulations to everybody from these three areas that make this happen so people can show up to a beautiful park with entertainment and great food. Thank you to the vendors who come. I always hope they make a lot of money. They're small business owners. But I do want to thank you for bringing that up because I, I feel like they've been, in, in a sense, they've been dismissed over over the years. And they, they truly are a major part of this weekend. And I want to thank each and every employee who participates from the city side and thanks to the Autumn Fest Steering Committee uh, uh, led by Garrett and Terry and the, and the Rotary Club. Okay, well, I, I noticed um, uh, that, and uh, I just wanted to um, to bring it up because it should be brought up, and it has been brought up. Thank uh, you. I want to let our listeners know we're going to um, continue a few more minutes with the mayor, and then we'll do some commercials um, toward the back end of the program because she has a... Uh, you're still doing that Zoom stuff, huh? Um, those Zoom meetings? This is a long one, Roger. Yeah. <laughs> I would rather talk to you for the next three hours. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's saying something, right? <laughs> that is saying something. <laughs> yeah. uh, but I mean, those Zoom meetings annoy me. Um, I, I know they, you know, they serve a purpose, but uh, 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 they're not. Uh, they're not fun to do. That's for sure. Mayor, um, hey, moving on. To I don't that. even like drinking. I don't even like drinking out of my Poland Springs water or my cup of water because you see yourself in the meeting with this you know, cup of coffee or a bottle of water going up in the air, and I'll try to hit, you know, video off so I can take a sip of water or a sip of coffee. Mayor, I'm going to ask you about um, the uh, project that uh, Governor Raimondo and you talked about going on on Main Street. I just wanted, um, I'm going to use it as a stepping stone for whatever update you want to bring me on, whether it's at the plazas or anything else on Main Street. But let's talk about the Higher Education Center, uh, because uh, I know it's moving along, and I know that when it opens, it's going to be a big deal. Uh, but like the Resh thing, uh, we want to make sure that it's on track. Yes. Yeah. So there is basically a standing meeting every week regarding this project. It is it is it's truly going to make a significant impact uh, on our Main Street and bringing in major companies, uh, bringing the, the bodies and the human capital to Main Street will benefit the small businesses, which will then hopefully help to support the ones who are here, uh, grow uh, and, and, and have new business come in to vacant space it creates interest in vacant buildings. Uh, we're working with some folks now who have some interest in property on Main Street. Uh, we're, we're, we're hopeful that we can bring something. Um, anybody buying on Main Street is probably going to be looking for some, some benefit from a tax stabilization agreement. We already met with the council regarding 162 Main Street. Uh, although we met and it's been a, a few weeks, it doesn't mean something's not happening. Uh, we're still working with those developers who are looking to uh, come in. And this higher ed center, again, you've got to give credit where credit is due. And I want to thank Governor Raimondo and now Governor McKee, who has picked up the ball uh, since uh, Gina's gone on to Washington and kept this project in our city, on our main street, in our downtown uh, in a building that we know over the years there's been some, some hiccups with, let's put it that way. And this is going to be a wonderful thing. And we're looking to expand upon that. So, yes, we thank those small retailers that come in, but you also need those big shot in the arm booths that have a bigger impact. And we just feel that this has been something that the governor could have chosen any community in the 39 cities and towns, well, 38, because Westerly already has one, but it's coming here. And I'm going to segue into the importance of having good relationships with state officials, congressional officials, business owners. You have to have these relationships, and you, they have to have the trust in the administration to feel comfortable coming in and, and moving forward with investing 
and bringing their capital and resources into your community. And I feel that, you know, I'm not patting myself on the back, but I feel that over the years I have developed relationships that have been beneficial to our city. And that's from uh, municipal, municipality-wide, the other 39 cities and towns, to the state, to the federal level, and, <clears throat> excuse me, and so on. And we're really looking forward to this project, and we're, we're hopeful that that, coupled with the potential at 162 Main Street and some other investors we're working with that are looking at other properties, that we're, we're, we're really getting to that point where we feel it happening, we see it coming together. It might not be as visible to the eye uh, to, to some folks who are, you know, home doing their thing, working, you know, taking care of their property, but we're in the, in the guts of it. And you can feel it. You can feel that momentum. And we're really excited about it. We have uh, three minutes before we have to let you go to your Zoom meeting. So I'm at that point of the program uh, looking for something that maybe we haven't talked about before that uh, you'd like to share with Roger. And I promise I won't I won't tell anybody about it. We'll just keep it between the two of us. Mm. Yeah. Okay, hold on. Yeah. She's looking through her papers right now. I'm looking through my yeah. papers right now. Hold on. She, she may give Roger a scoop. She may not. I don't I, know if I, I can. I don't know if I, I can. I don't want to get into a trouble with... Uh, I know, and you're going to get me in trouble, right? right? I know, I know that uh, some council members are just um, <laughs> waiting to to pounce on you, but um, um, I'm just saying, uh, can you help me out, a guy who's looking for a scoop? Well, I, I, I'll tell you, it's an old scoop, but it's coming back to, to the to surface. Okay, okay. Uh, that's good enough. <laughs> okay. You know we've been working for a very long time uh, to bring a dog park to the city. Yes. And it took a while, but we got permission from DEM to utilize a portion of River's Edge, uh, still leaving a, a, a lot of land area for other things to happen, uh, which could potentially be maybe a section of Sola, but still keeping our pumpkin fest and soccer and football and everything else we need to do. But the dog park is moving along. We will have an area for small dogs, an area for large dogs. We've already gone out to bid for fencing. We've gone out to bid for equipment. And my hope is before we close the door, December 31st of 2021, that that will be finalized. And where would one... And I will like to... Okay. Yeah, where would one find that park? That will be River's Edge. Okay. Near the bike path. You got another uh, minute one, and a half. One, yeah, yeah. I just want to say one thing. I want to make a push for, uh, not that I'm on their sales team, but I want to make a push for the Woonsocket Police Department's annual cop walk. Uh, it's called The Mission. It's returned this October, and they raise money, and then those funds that they raise, uh, all the proceeds uh, go to uh, the, the, the Dana-Faba Cancer, Cancer Institute. I think it's a great... Uh, a great cause this year that they're raising money for, and it will be in recognition of breast cancer awareness. Uh, we have ordered some shirts, some long sleeve shirts, some short sleeve shirts. Uh, they're really beautifully designed. I want to thank uh, Sergeant Martinson. Uh, I still have some shirts available. It's a commemorative shirt. It's $40, whether it's a long sleeve or a short sleeve. I have limited sizes left, but if there is anyone who would like to buy a shirt, uh, whatever I have left is available, and they can call my office at 767-9205. They're unisex shirts, and like I said, short sleeve, long sleeve, and they are $40. Uh, and if you could call after 12 o'clock, that would be great because Susan and I are really tied up on this Zoom. And uh, if you'd like to, A, support our police department, be proudly wear the Cops Walk Mission T-shirt, and you will be supporting Dana-Farber Cancer Institute. And isn't it nice? I didn't even ask about what the Zoom is all about because because that's how nice I am. <laughs> if, it's, if it's really bad, I'll drop off at after the first hour. So. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> Thank you, Mayor, for joining us today. Okay. Bye-bye. Thank you. All right, Bye-bye. on our live line, uh, Lisa Baldelli Hunt, Mayor of the City of Woonsocket. And uh, we chatted with her on a whole bunch of uh, topics from Seville uh, demolition to um, to uh, recycling to American Rescue Funds. We have some uh, commercial announcements. Finelli Amusements, um, John Finelli, 
who has taken over uh, for the amusements, is in town. They're setting up. And uh, Friday night, $25. You ride all night. Here are the details. Benelli Amusements are back again for Northern Rhode Island's largest family festival, Autumn Fest, this weekend. Take the family and bring your friends to enjoy rides on the Grand Midway with even more exciting rides than ever. Friday night, $25 wristband, 6 to 10 p.m. Ride continually for four hours for one price. Enjoy your Autumn Fest this weekend with Benelli Amusements. Safety inspections are performed daily. Yeah, it's going to be uh, a great evening Friday night. And, of course, uh, Saturday, Sunday, and Monday, Finelli Amusements will be operating their giant midway. And um, come on down, bring the kids, and, and have a good time. Also, um, our coverage of uh, Autumn Fest this year uh, at um, World War II Veterans Memorial Park here in Woonsocket is brought to you by Navigant Credit Union. What would you do if you owned one of those big financial institutions? Would you do the right thing? Would you help people? Teach them? Would you care for your community? What would you do if you owned one of those big financial institutions? Would you like to find out? Our customers are our owners. Our owners are our customers. Navigant Credit Union. Hi, this is Paul Bourget, Chairman of the Woonsocket School Committee, wishing you a happy Autumn Fest weekend. Congratulations to the Steering Committee and the Rotary Club for teaming up to present an outstanding 2021 Autumn Fest celebration. Enjoy the music, food, and all the events associated with Autumn Fest, including the parade and fireworks display. But most important of all is the fellowship that we will share. So, come on down to the park and meet your friends and neighbors. Looking forward to seeing you on the grounds at Autumn Fest. Thank you, thank you, and thank you. The winners of the Calls Reader's Choice Awards are announced. Best radio station, WNRI. That's 10 years in a row now. Best radio program, The Upfront Program. Best radio personality, Wayne Bobber and his three WNRI programs. Your vote of confidence is genuinely appreciated. From all of us at WNRI AM and FM, thank you. Since 1954. Medicare open enrollment is right around the corner. I'm Brendan Murray, licensed health insurance producer and president of Health and Wealth, Inc. Medicare Part A, Medicare Part B, there's even Part C and D. It seems like alphabet soup, and it can make finding the help you need harder than it has to be. Our team will work with you to see a complete picture of your health care planning needs to make sure you're protected no matter what life throws at you. Do you have questions about Medicare? Are you turning 65, retiring, losing your health employer coverage? Or maybe your existing plan no longer meets your needs. Healthcare is one of the biggest industries in America, and health insurance is a topic that many consumers find to be confusing and overwhelming. For the past 10 years, we've helped thousands of people throughout New England with this very important topic. The annual Medicare open enrollment begins soon. Don't wait. Visit healthwealthfinancial.com slash radio to get started. You know, they say your health is your wealth. And when it comes to choosing the right health insurance for you and your family, Health & Wealth has the experience to get you the coverage you need. Visit healthwealthfinancial.com slash radio. And now, Salem Network Radio News. 